Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. And they live with the real-life consequences of our wars every day. I bet it's something, you know, you really haven't thought about because we haven't been in a war in a few years. And so it's not in the... I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. It is September 12th, 2022. We are live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Blaze TV. Don't forget to subscribe, tap the notification bell, share. Let your friends and family know that you watch this hardcore right-wing internet video show. Do that for me, would you? Our cold open today, of course, that was Dr. Jill Biden. You always have to refer to her as Dr. Jill Biden. She, of course, who Whoopi Goldberg wanted to be the head of the CDC, although she is not a doctor of medicine. Whoops, Whoopi actually put the whoops in Whoopi. Um, She there saying that uh, we haven't been any wars in a couple of years. Uh, I don't know why we keep giving uh, Ukraine 80 million a pop, every 80 billion a pop, 80 million, that would be something, 80 billion a pop every now and again. Uh, We also had a disastrous withdrawal of Afghanistan under her husband and a whole bunch more, but that's what they do. They just lie and obfuscate and all that stuff. I just thought that was an interesting way to start the show, but that's not what we're focused on today. Uh, Today, first off, it is the birthday, the 44th birthday of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. So happy birthday, Governor. Thank you for keeping this state free. Thank you for welcoming refugees as I look at my refugee employees right in front of me, all happier, healthier, and more tan than when they were in California. And, uh, oh, and I should say, I'm feeling very good about life today. I got a fresh haircut yesterday. I'm feeling good about the tight sides. And I played full court basketball last night for the first time in seven years. Got a knee brace, buckled in, and I played extremely well. So life is good over here. So what we're gonna focus on, since it is the governor's uh, birthday, is a uh, New York Times, a silly, a silly, ridiculous, nonsensical hit piece that the New York Times put out yesterday. And it's just like an endless litany of nonsense. But the reason I wanna show it to you is really to show you more. I know you guys understand, generally speaking, how the media manipulates and lies and you know changes meaning depending on who they're writing about, whether they like the person or not. Uh, but they put out this little Twitter thread about the article and the framing is so backwards and confusing that you can see why so many people that read their paper are stupid. So that's what we're gonna be getting to. I think we should show the, the DeSantis, my, my favorite moment with the Gov first. Uh, since we're doing this show, dedicating it to the governor on his birthday, here's a, a classic moment with Governor Ron DeSantis. All right, so first off, we have to start with the obvious one. Gay. <laughs> He didn't even flinch. He's a good dude. He does not care whether you're gay or not, and he wants all people to be treated equally. He just doesn't want kids learning about sex and gender theory. 
from government employees and hiding it from parents. How radical. How radical indeed. Okay, before we get to any of that, let me talk to you guys about Cozy Earth and then we'll get to it. You know, hotter weather used to mean goodbye to a good night's sleep until I discovered Cozy Earth. Cozy Earth's bedding is so soft, luxurious, and temperature regulating, I'm sleeping better than I have in years. Listen, there's a good reason why Cozy Earth has over a thousand, has thousands, over thousands of five-star reviews at CozyEarth.com. It's truly awesome bedding. Here's one from Laura. We literally just got them put on our new bed yesterday, and guys, they are incredible. These sheets are worth every penny. Cozy Earth sheets made from 100% viscous from bamboo are now available in four natural colors. And don't forget they're temperature regulating and very breathable so you'll sleep cool and comfy year round. For a limited time, save 35% on Cozy Earth bedding. Be sure to check out their ultra soft loungewear too. I love the sweatpants, even here in Florida. That's how cool they are. Go to CozyEarth.com slash Dave and save 35% now. All back by 100 night sleep guarantee. CozyEarth.com slash Dave for 35 percent off. Okay, so the New York Times writes a piece about Ron DeSantis. And, and let's sh show the first image here. Uh, this is, that's what the cover of the New York Times magazine is. And obviously you can have, you have Ron DeSantis's smiling face covering up Donald Trump. So what they're trying to do just by the very nature of the piece, what they, because they know that a picture is worth a thousand words, what they really want to do with this thing is drive a wedge between DeSantis and Trump. So the, the headline that they had with that in the tweet was, is Ron DeSantis the Republican Party's future? In New York Magazine, Matt Flagg, whatever his name is, conducts an extensive examination of the life and record of the Florida governor. So then they went on this little tweet thread beneath it where they excerpt some of the things in there. And the first one here, I don't care if someone's gay, Ron DeSantis once said several years ago as a 30-something congressman. I don't know why people get caught up in that. But as governor, he has been an eager culture warrior. Uh, now, what's interesting, of course, about this is that what they think they're doing is slamming DeSantis there because they think that people think, well, wait a minute, he used to not care about gay, but now he does because it don't say gay. But of course, any of you watching this know this, and hopefully most people, the truth has somehow seeped or leaked into most, most people's brains, I hope, to understand that the bill had nothing to do with not saying gay. It was all about uh, keeping private uh, conversations that shouldn't be happening between a public employee and a kid, uh, making sure that they don't remain private and that parents know what their kids are learning, parents know who their ki uh, kids are talking to uh, about gender and sexuality and all of these things. So DeSantis fought it. It's not that he cares about who is gay. I, I know that he does not. He has met my husband, David, and said hello, and given him a chest bump, okay? They sent us onesies for the babies, okay? Like these are good, decent people. He wants everyone to be treated equally. Uh, this was all about transparency in education, but they try to frame it in such a way that, oh, he used to not care about gay, but now he's a culture warrior going after the homos. It continues. <laughs> They talk about Christopher Rufo, and as you guys know, Rufo has been on the show many times. Christopher Rufo, a conservative activist who has advised DeSantis's team told Matt Flegg, Governor DeSantis understands culture war as public policy. So again, what they're going to here is that DeSantis really is just about the culture war, which is an extension somehow of Trump. It's, it's, some, it's something like this. He doesn't really care about economics, he doesn't really care about the things that matter, he care, matters, he cares about 
you know, he cares about the gay stuff and the woke stuff and the gender stuff. And it's like, yeah, that is the stuff that matters right now because it's actually quite literally destroying the fabric of the nation. Everything is being torn apart by the culture war stuff. And you guys at the New York Times and at CNN, et cetera, you've owned the culture for so long that what you're upset about now is that in the culture war that you were winning handily, you are starting to lose. So again, it's about the framing that they have here. Here's a good one. It continued. But Ron DeSantis' canniest feat as shadow candidate has been dazzling right-wing media types while heartening party elites who see him as one of their own. And then there's a quote here uh, from a Republican operative. And it says, there's a lot riding on trying to make Ron DeSantis happen. They see him as somebody who gets them out of having to defend Trump. Now, Trump, now what's hilarious about this, this is a Republican operative. Her name is Sarah Longwell. She is a Republican operative and uh, publisher of the anti-Trump conservative, The Bulwark. So The Bulwark is in business to take down Trump, not to defend conservatism at any level. But what they're saying is there, what they're saying there is DeSantis talks to these online people and they're very scary. And really they're sort of in on it too because they want to figure out a way to get rid of Trump. Of course, uh, they talked about some of those people specifically in the article. I think you'll recognize one of the guys. On and off camera, DeSantis has forged relationships not only with Fox, where a producer once gushed to a member of the governor's staff that he could host a show. My God, he talked to a producer at Fox and they said he's talented. But with edgelord media types who have flocked to his state and boosted him online. A former aide told me DeSantis regularly reads his Twitter mentions. In January, invitees to a dinner at the governor's mansion included Dave Rubin a popular right-wing web talk show host, and Benny Johnson, a Newsmax host, fellow DeSantis heads from the extremely online right include Alex Jones, who in August declared him way better than Trump before begging the former president for forgiveness, and Elon Musk, with whom the governor has dined. So there I am being described. Can you put it up one more time? I, along with Elon Musk and Benny Johnson, are being described as part of the extremely online right. I don't really know what that means. I'm also a popular right-wing web talk show host. Well, I suppose that is true to a certain extent. Now, it doesn't fit the narrative. So if you're just an average person reading this article, you might read that, and if you don't know me, you might go, oh, David Rubin, David, this Dave Rubin must be some sort of right-wing maniac. Nothing about that he was a lefty for most of his life, nothing about that he happens to be married to a dude, nothing about a fact that he wrote a book defending classical liberalism, nothing about a fact that he's uh, begrudgingly pro-choice, et cetera, et cetera. But they wanna frame everything in these very scary ways. And I should, you know, now it's time for a mea culpa. It is true that I had dinner at the governor's mansion in January, it is true. And we had filet mignon, actually. It was served family style, it was quite delicious. Um, I've been meaning to get this off my chest for a while and I should have told you guys if nobody else. Um, I had a, a second piece of chocolate cake at dinner. It was a molten chocolate cake with a little ice cream and it was delicious. I didn't ask the governor, I just went in and took it. And uh, so there, New York Times, have at it. I, you know, I get, I'll get what I deserve. I'll get my comeuppance, I suppose. Uh, but this is what they do with everything. And this is what they did for years and years with Trump, right? Like you let all the Democrats get away with stuff, but you figure out a way to frame everything that now he's a culture warrior who's online with scary people and extremely online and something about Alex Jones and blah, blah, blah. It's all just silly 
drivel for the NPCs, the non-playable characters, these people who cannot think and just accept what the corporate press gives them. Uh, but I want to sort of drive that home with a couple other things that are happening at the moment. Uh, the New York Times is also going after Blake Masters. Now, Blake Masters is the Republican uh, running for Senate in Arizona. And we've had him on the show. I consider uh, Blake a friend. He opened for me on tour. He's a good dude. Like, he's just a, a decent Silicon Valley dude. He's not, thought, he's not a traditional, say, religious conservative or something like that. He's just a decent guy who wants Arizona to have a border and you know protect its citizens and all those things. So of course the machine's going after him now too, in the same way they're going after DeSantis because they got one move in the playbook and we just have to know what the move is, expose it, show it to people and move on. Uh, before we get to that, let's talk about real estate agents I trust. Uh, you guys know that buying or selling a home is already one of the most stressful things you can do. And it can be 10 times worse if you're not working with the right agent. Generally speaking, our homes are our biggest investment, which is a ton of responsibility. And you need an agent who takes that seriously. That's why I recommend Real Estate Agents I Trust. They work with only the best agents in every market. They do their homework talking to every agent before inviting them to join their network. And here's a big one. They only work with full-time pros, no part-time or inexperienced agents. Their team makes the introduction, follows you through the buying or selling process to make sure that you're satisfied. The agents they work with have long track records. They're the best sellers in their field. They're part of this audience. They share your values and they're almost anywhere you want to go. Just go to realestateagentsitrust.com today. Give them some basic info. Their team will contact you to make an introduction to a preferred agent in your town. You move and you live happily ever after. Okay, so let's kind of continue with this theme that the mainstream media picks the good guys and bad guys. And then they lie about who the actual good guys are. It is, it is what they have been doing for a long, long time. It's not just Ron DeSantis with the strange framing of these articles and that really the whole point, as I said earlier, was to drive a wedge. What would they want more than anything right now? If, if let's say Trump and DeSantis are the two most powerful Republicans, two most powerful conservatives in the country, and they, for the most part, agree on most of the big issues. I would say their style is different. They each have different baggage and strengths and weaknesses and styles, but, what, but they basically view America in a similar frame. So what would be the greatest thing that could happen for the media or for the Democrats? Uh, well, it's obvious what that would be, and that would be that you would drive a wedge between them. You would have them fighting. I don't think they're gonna fall for it, and as I've said, I think they need to have a sit-down at Mar-a-Lago or perhaps elsewhere, because Mar-a-Lago is probably bugged uh, maybe at the governor's mansion, although Biden's probably, you know, bugging that too. Anyway, you guys get it. Well, it's not just DeSantis that they're going after. Uh, here is uh, a piece this week in the New York Times uh, on Senate candidate Blake Masters. Is this from a couple of, not this week, right? Uh, sorry, this is about a month ago. Uh, pushing an immigration conspiracy theory while courting Latinos. Blake Masters, a top candidate in Arizona's Republican primary for the Senate, has accused Democrats of plotting to import new voters. That poses a challenge in a state where a third of the voters are Hispanic. Okay, now that's interesting framing there because Blake does believe that in essence, the Democrats have this open border policy or are not protecting the borders so that more and more people can flood into the state, into Arizona particularly is what he's worried about, but Texas, of course, too, our border states, and basically change 
the demographics of the state, get these people on the state dole. They all get the government handouts. And then who do they thank for that? They thank Democrats. So they believe that they will ultimately become Democrats. So Blake is not saying anything that is actually that controversial. It's, it's quite true. Now it's against the New York Times narrative, uh, but it is quite true. Uh, here's Blake defending himself against that attack. People agree with us on the issues. This far left, you know, the greatest trick they ever pulled was convincing the American public that they represent more than like 5% of people. We have the majority on our side. Most people know they don't want to defund the police. That's the dumbest idea I've ever heard, right? We need to fund the police. Normal people know you need a border. You don't have a country without a border. 75% of Arizonans know you ought to have to show an ID in order to vote, right? This is common sense stuff here. But somehow everybody feels silenced, right? And I get it as a candidate. I go out and I say, we need voter ID. Okay, and then they call me a racist and they call me a bigot and oh, you just wanna suppress minority votes. And you just gotta let that roll off your back, right? I don't care what the left says. So when the New York Times calls me a hard right nationalist for simply wanting a border with zero illegal immigration, I don't care, I wear that as a badge of honor. Isn't that great? When I always talk about this idea of just like saying what you mean cleanly and clearly and plainly and not worrying about what they're doing, right? You can expose it. You can, you can explain to people, hey, here is what they're doing. Here is why they're doing it. But here's what I actually believe. The guy is not a far right extremist. What they, by far right extremist, they just mean anyone that's not a progressive. That's exactly what they mean. And he is just clearly taking them on. Hey, I do want a clean border. Hey, I do want to make sure that people are here legally, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but Blake is under a lot of attack from the mainstream media because he is gaining momentum and they certainly do not, the corporate press uh, certainly does not want the Republicans taking over the Senate. Uh, here is Blake going after the Democrats for throwing a party while the economy tanks. We've got skyrocketing inflation. The stock market is on fire. Normal Americans are losing their life savings. And you said it. What do the Democrats do? They throw a party for themselves. Isn't that nice? The Inflation Reduction Act party. Uh, it looked pretty lame to me, but I'm sure it was expensive. It was probably what, like two or three times more expensive than it would have been this time last year. Uh, but they don't care because it's funded by the taxpayer. They're just gonna keep taxing the hell out of us and printing money and this, this delusional elite, they can't manage their way out of a paper bag. They are so uh, disconnected from the pain, really, that normal people are feeling. I mean, again, it's true. It's clean and it's honest and it's true. And yes, the Democrats were throwing a party for this Inflation Reduction Act, which was really an Inflation Increase Act because we just spent more money, which we don't have, and thus we're going to pay interest on that money or China will one day say we own all of you because of your moronic policies. And the Democrats basically have nothing, but they know that the media will always run cover for them. Well, Blake is running against Mark Kelly. Mark Kelly is the incumbent uh, Democrat senator in Arizona. And this is a really beautiful, it's just a 10 second video or so. This is a really beautiful moment because uh, Mark Kelly is asked if, he, if Biden's doing a good job and every Democrat has a huge problem on their hands right now because the average person obviously knows that Biden is not doing a good job, right? So the 81 million people that voted for Biden, a huge percent of the, percentage of them, let's say voted for Biden because they did not like Trump. So they don't know how to defend Biden right now because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, even if you're completely brainwashed by the media and everything, you do know basic things in your life. You do know that when you go to the supermarket and you see prices of food, chicken and eggs and everything else 
considerably higher. You can sort of link that to whoever the president might be, whether it's your guy or the other guy. If you see gas prices up, right? If you try to order something online and you see that it's taking weeks and it didn't when the other guy, you can start piecing things together. Uh, so everyone in the Democrat party has a major problem right now because they don't know how to defend this guy. And as I keep saying, he's just dead man walking because they're gonna get rid of him. They ushered him in or they brought him in to usher in all this nonsense and they're gonna get rid of him when they have the chance. So here is Mark Kelly trying to explain whether Biden's doing a good job or not. Your thoughts on his job? Has he done a good job, do you think? Hey, I, you know, I, you know I, I, first of all, it's not my job to give him a report card. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's something sort of honest about that in an odd way, right? So, like, you got to kind of respect him in a weird way. It's like he didn't just be like, yes, I love the guy. He's doing great. Biden is amazing. He actually did something more honest, which is like, what are we going to do? Um, this is sort of consistent with what a few of them have done, right? Like we played the video a couple of weeks back when AOC was asked if she would support him. And she basically was like, eh, 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 but she does it with a lot of red lipstick and people seem to like watching her a little bit more than that guy. Uh, but anyway, you get the point. They have a big, big problem on their hands right now because we know that at midterm elections, the incumbent party always gets crushed right? They always get crushed. It happened to Trump. It happened to Obama. It happened to George W. Bush. It happened to Reagan. It, it is almost always what happens. There are very few, uh, very few times that that does not happen. So he's in a lot of trouble when it comes to that. But then he's also in a lot of trouble because there's just nothing really to defend. Uh, and speaking of that, uh, yesterday, uh, the markets tanked, I think lost around 1,200, 1,200 points, something like that. Yeah. Absolutely tanked. Uh, and Biden was given a speech as the markets were tanking and Fox News jumped in <laughs> and interrupted the president. For years, so many of us have been trying to fix this problem. But for years, Big Pharma blocked Medicare from negotiating lower drug practices. Prices. All right, I do not want to be a party crasher, but we interrupt this celebration for a hard, cold dose of reality. Stocks tanking because inflation is accelerating. The very inflation that the president said he's made great progress addressing, heralding his Inflation Reduction Act as the boon for the economy that we didn't see in a key number out earlier today. All right, so you see how insane this is? They are throwing a party at the White House for the Inflation Reduction Act as the market is tanking. The numbers are going down, not good, as he is telling you what we did by printing the money and putting more money out there and his dysregulated emotions and all of that stuff. Just, I mean, it's just perfect juxtaposition. It's absolutely perfect. Uh, we've got some, uh, some data on inflation, actually. Uh, this is from the New York Post yesterday. U.S. inflation rose by a higher than expected 8.3% in August, despite falling gasoline prices, adding pressure on the Federal Reserve as it decides whether to impose another supersize interest rate hike. The August reading of the Labor Department's Consumer Price Index, a closely watched, watched measure of the cost of goods and services, rose 0.1% compared to July, surprising economists who had expected a slight 
month over month decline. Now, first off, you know, it's even funny the way the New York Post, which is pretty good, even the way they frame that. I mean, yes, gas prices have gone down a little bit, but that's only because they went up a crazy amount. So that's what they always do, right? It's like, boy, you've destroyed everything. And then things got a little bit better. Oh my God, don't you see things got a little bit better? It's just absolutely spectacular. But anyway, the point is <laughs> the economy is not in great shape. We all know it. And I would prefer that it would be. What a refreshing day it would be to come in here, if we woke up tomorrow, if I woke up tomorrow morning and I'm doing, it's 7.15 a.m. and I'm going back and forth on my text with Phoenix and we're trying to put the show together. And he's like, Dave, you're not gonna believe it. I was up a half hour earlier than you and Biden fixed the whole thing. It would be refreshing. I wouldn't even know what to do with myself. It would be quite lovely, but it ain't gonna happen, unfortunately. Uh, here's a little bit more of the White House party. They brought in James Taylor to inspire the crowd. I have seen fire, I've seen rain. I've seen sunny days I thought would never end. I'm not even sure why we played that other. It just, I, I kind of like James Taylor actually. And David's been playing a lot of James Taylor for the baby. And my mom loves James Taylor. Hi, mom. But like, there's just something sort of depressing about the whole thing. Like, that's, I've seen fire and I've seen rain. I've seen other days that would never end. What? What are you people doing? Anyway, then Nancy Pelosi trotted out. She had a couple of vodka tonics and then she got out there, put her eyebrows on, and then she just couldn't get the crowd as fired up as she wanted. Kitchen table items for America's working families. Mr. President, thank you for unifying and inspiring a vision of a stronger, fairer, safer future for all, for our children. Your extraordinary leadership has made this glorious day possible. I, that's an applause line. <laughs> people, people, that's where you're supposed to applaud. You're not supposed to be sleeping when I'm talking. Uh, later in her speech, she referred to solar panels as kitchen table issues, because that's always what people are talking about over at the kitchen table. And then they brought out old Joe, and he just screamed and rambled incoherently. Just have to remember who we are. We are the United States of America. There is nothing, nothing, nothing we've ever set our mind to. Nothing that we not, we've not been able to accomplish. Nothing beyond our capacity. And to just remember who we are. We stand together. There's nothing beyond our capacity. May God bless you all and may God protect our troops. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just all of it, the dysregulated anger, which by the way is a symptom when you have cognitive issues, your emotional regulation is not quite right, and the yelling, and then picking his jacket up off the floor, like just the whole thing, it's just, the optics are just so bad. Uh, but here's black lesbian Corinne Jean-Pierre, who is the White House press secretary, being asked if she's worried that uh, there's some distance between the party, the Democratic Party, uh, their messaging on what's going on with the economy and what's actually happening. Well, an administration certainly has um, the opportunity to celebrate achievements like legislation. Is there any concern that there's a dissonance between the current economic moment and the kind of celebration you'll have this afternoon on the South Lawn about the Inflation Reduction Act when today's figures show 
uh, that inflation is still a great concern when we've talked about the Amtrak situation and so forth. Is there a disconnect there? So I think if we look at the, the picture more broadly about what this means, because we have to remember the Inflation Reduction Act is historic. Uh, if you think about how, um, how... Guys, it doesn't really matter what's happening. This is historic what we're doing here. It doesn't matter if the Inflation Reduction Act actually increased inflation. We're doing something historic, guys. And also it says reduction in the title of the thing. It's the Inflation Reduction Act. Do I have to explain? Do we have to carry the one for you people? Oh, God. Anyway, all this being said, I really, you know, I, one of the things that I really want to focus on and that I thought about a lot in August when I was off the grid is I don't want to have blind spots on these things. And I don't want to be in an echo chamber myself. And I don't want you guys to be in an echo chamber. And I know that that's extremely difficult these days. It really is. When one side is calling you fascists and bigots and, and Nazis, it's hard to kind of keep reaching out to them. It makes it very difficult. So I tweeted out something this morning because I really believe this. I would love to find some Biden supporters, true Biden supporters to have on the show because we are told he got 81 million votes. So there's gotta be a whole bunch of people out there who really support this guy. So here's my tweet from this morning and, and it got a bunch of traction and I will keep checking the responses throughout the day. I said, I'd love to have an avid Biden supporter on the show. Someone who truly believes Joe Biden is mentally fit and healthy, that his policies on economy, COVID, immigration, et cetera, are sound and that he's moving America in the right direction. Is there anyone? So I saw there's already a couple hundred responses that on a quick glance, I couldn't really come up with anybody like, there, I don't see anyone jumping at it like a, a verified account that's really saying it. Now, we know that there are certain media types that support him and there are Democrat, just kind of Democrat operatives. That's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about like sort of regular people. Uh, I, I don't mean like just the average Joe on the street, but I'm talking about people who know something about politics, who really think this thing is working. Is there an economist who really thinks this is working? Is there anyone that really wants to defend him on the COVID policies and the mandates and all of these things. Is there anyone who really wants to go on the record and say that they don't think there's anything wrong with the guy? I'm willing to have this conversation. I, I truly, truly am. Now, the problem is they won't do that because they're so in on it with him. So here's a, a lovely compilation of left-wing media types hyping Biden accomplishments. And I, I, we're gonna play this one to the backdrop of you guys know that when on the blue moon, on the rare occasion that CNN or MSNBC says something honest, we try to play that, right? I'm always like, ah, I guess we gotta play this. Look, even they are, are saying something honest about the economy. But look at the bootlicking from these people about the Biden administration. The Axios one big thing is Biden's winning streak. President Biden has been racking up wins. Racking up win after win. This is a big, big win. Big victory at the White House. Look at this huge accomplishment. The list of accomplishments for Joe Biden uh, just seems to keep growing. He, he's, he's on a roll. It is a remarkable record. It's all moving in Joe Biden's direction. He's got his aviators on. Inflation is you know, still a factor. Gas prices are actually coming down and have been coming down for almost two months. The inflation rate is incredibly high, but look at those jobs numbers on Friday. The unemployment numbers uh, are remarkable. Inflation Reduction Act, great name. Now for all of those who say, President Biden, what are you going to do about inflation? You've got it. That woman on MSNBC at the end, that was it. That joke that I made a minute ago, she just did the joke in real life. It says Inflation Reduction Act in the title. When people ask you what he's doing, just tell him because it's in the title. 
it's, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible. But how else is it incredible? It's not just that they sort of lie or that they make nice when things are not going well if they like the guy. They also ignore stories when things are not going well. So uh, Benjamin Shapiro, Mr. Facts Don't Care About Your Feelings over there at the Daily Wire, uh, he had a great tweet yesterday. This is really spectacular. So Ben wrote, the, tw- the Dow dropped 1,200 points today and inflation expe- exceeded expectations. So here's the Washington Post's current homepage. You've got something about Ken Starr who died. He was the guy that was in charge of Bill Clinton's impeachment. Uh, you've got something about Russia spending millions, and you've got something about Elon Musk there. Uh, so meaning that the front page, as the Dow is tumbling 1,200 points, it's a lot of points. A lot of people lost a lot of money yesterday. Something like, I think it was over a trillion dollars or something. Like a lot of money was wiped out. They don't cover that because that would then have Washington Post readers going, boy, is the administration doing something wrong here? Is the Inflation Reduction Act not working? And does the word reduction not mean reduction? What could possibly be happening here? Instead, they just, I'm not even saying that those other stories aren't somewhat important. Ken Starr was was a relevant person 20-something years ago. Okay, put it on page two. Do you think they would have covered the inflation numbers if the numbers were good for Biden? I'm pretty, pretty sure that they would. So, So what's the problem here? It seems to me that the supposedly the smartest and most educated people, the people who go to Harvard and Yale, who run our government and run our media and our newspapers, that they actually get everything wrong and they don't have real world experience and they will do anything to hold on to power and to hold on to the basic idea that they are pretty much better than you. But this cannot work anymore. Uh, it does not work anymore and, and it cannot continue any longer because we see what happens when they get power and when they defund the police and when they take charge of the economy and when they're in charge of COVID policy and all of those things. They actually, literally make the quality of your life worse. So let's go back to the beginning, to the birthday boy, Governor Ron DeSantis, mocking the people who have those useless college degrees. A lot of these students are going to go through no debt, and many of them will be making six figures within just a couple years. The truck drivers are making that immediately once they go. Uh, So let's just look to see where the opportunities are. And you're not any worse than anybody else because you didn't get a four-year degree. In fact, think of all the people that had four-year degree in zombie studies with $100,000 in debt. And then they end up in a job they could add at a high school. You look at compare someone that goes into electrical, they're making 75, 80 grand, then they're making 100 grand, then they start their own business in their mid-20s and they start making, you know, really significant uh, income. Uh, Those are good pathways. The point of that really is that there are other ways. You don't have to play their game, which is believe what they tell you to believe, go to the schools that they tell you to go to, get the jobs that they want you to get. There are all sorts of other ways to do it. And if you do it outside of the system, yeah, the system will not be kind to you. Uh, But I suspect you will find more meaning and happiness and joy and be surrounded by better people than these cartoonish clowns. Uh, Stick around for a cold close. Let me get some comments from the locals community. Mama Bear says, oh no, Dave Rubin is a right-wing cake-eating extremist. It was chocolate molten. You know when you get into that molten cake and that warm, gooey center? Tony says Republicans out-registering Democrats 27 
to one in Florida right now. I'd love to see some numbers backing that up. I mean, I have referenced uh, something many, many times, which is that when DeSantis came into office just a couple of years back, there were something like 40,000 more Democrats than Republicans. And right now there are over 300,000 more Republicans than Democrats. So, so the numbers are trending in, in a good way for this state, which is very good. Uh, and Kathy says they are trying to make DeSantis into the next bad guy. Yeah, the move with DeSantis, regardless of whether he runs for president or not, the move will be he's actually worse than Trump because he has all of Trump's policies, but he's competent, right? So the thing with Trump was always like, Trump is evil and the policies are horrible and he's a monster and Hitler, blah, blah, blah. But he, at least there's some level of incompetence there so he can't get everything that he wants to done. So they will just take the next version of that, right? It's just part two of the movie, okay? We got rid of the bad guy, the supervillain for uh, the first movie, but now the sequel has a guy who learned from the evil bad guy, the orange man with the crazy hair. He learned and he surrounded himself with even scarier people like right-wing maniac Dave Rubin. Rah! Guys, don't forget to like and subscribe to all of our videos and uh, especially subscribe over at rumble.com slash Rubin Report where all of our live streams are up. Part one and two of my interview with Vivek Ramaswamy, who is a, a really interesting VC guy, trying to, trying to get some of this diversity woke nonsense out of uh, our boardrooms and our corporations and figure out a way for you as an investor to actually invest in things that are not against your interests. Uh, those uh, first two clips are up right now and the full thing's up already ad-free at rubenreport.locals.com. And now a cold close and I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, I'm deadly earnest about this. Imagine being a mom or a dad. Look at your child. You know the needs of innocent very to live to live and not having the money to pay for it. Not a joke. Think about it. Think about what you'd think about at the time. Think about how you'd feel if you didn't have the insurance and didn't have the money. It's wrong. It's not who we are, and we're going to fix that too. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report direct message.